The Athletic. Hello and welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by The Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee. Hi Sam. Hiya. Right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the price of a full subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around and you'll get ad-free versions of all the podcasts as well. So just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to take advantage of the 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. And if you're enjoying the show as well, please leave us a review. Um, Sam, just before we start, I've got a bit of housekeeping to uh, to do because I've uh, I, I checked my Instagram messages uh, earlier today and uh, I've had a message from uh, Ian Dixon who uh, just said, uh, based on last week's show, um, to put your curious minds at rest, uh, we do have Ringo car parks down here in Winchester as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, there we go. And yeah, I knew, like I knew, it must be, it must be a, a countrywide thing. It, it just depends which, oh God, I've got so many parking apps and stuff, obviously <laughs> I haven't used for a year, but. Yeah, great. Good good to know. Good to know that um, it was a countrywide thing and not just Stockport and yeah. Manchester. Before we get into the main topic for this week's show, Sam, um, let's let's just look the at... Uh, yeah, the silly topic. Let's just have a look at, uh, at the game against Everton um, because... Uh, it was it, it was one of those kind of routine performances, wasn't it? It was a it, it was a case of you know you could tell City were going to win this from the moment they took control of the game. Yeah, I mean there there was an element of. The first half didn't go exactly to plan, but then as the game wore on, like if you were to watch the game back the day the day after, you'd be like, okay, Everton aren't really doing anything here, and like it wasn't it wasn't like a classic City game to watch, but it was a classic City win really in the sense that they did boss it and they they got what they needed. It's an easy thing to say, and it's been said a lot this season, but it feels like one of those games that City would have lost last season, and I don't know if that's necessarily true, but at a time when City didn't have the defence they've got now, when they've controlled games but not looked like scoring, how many times have the opposition actually gone and scored? But there was just no sense of that. But this season, it's they control those games. They, they won against Everton because they were in control of the game. That's why. Yeah, exactly. And like in the first half, it was a bit even, wasn't it? And Everton, like at the half-time, City had, had like four million passes and Everton had like 12. But Everton had four shots from inside the box and City had one. And it was that kind of, okay, well, it might not necessarily be a great game here and obviously once fans and media start thinking like that you think of it in a certain way you know it's not great performance but like genuinely Everton did nothing in the second half did they certainly not nil nil and it just got to that stage where if all Everton are going to do is kick the ball away and wait for it to come back then City are going to win the game yeah. and it's the classic thing that backs up Guardiola's philosophy in it of you know the, the faster you get rid of it the faster it comes back and I asked him I asked him about like, what he thinks when he makes subs and you know is is he you know at that kind of stage of the game when it's nil nil, is he is he happy with those, with how the game's going? Does he, do, why does he not think of bringing on subs as quick as maybe fans or media would? That kind of thing. Um, he didn't he didn't talk about it too much as you, as you might expect, but it's definitely the case that, like, why would you want to change it too much? Because like we say, City were on top, weren't they? And that's that's a proper. That's a proper game where you can understand that. Not like the Manchester derby, where he obviously just didn't want to get beat because he was less confident in his team and didn't want to change things. But he was obviously thinking, we're properly in control of this game. We make a couple of changes. You know, Mahrez coming on for Bernardo, we got a bit more explosivity there. And De Bruyne coming on for Sterling was a bit more of a structural change, wasn't it? Yeah. With Foden going out to the left, and it changed the shape a bit. But like you get Foden on the left, who was playing better yesterday anyway he gets De Bruyne on who's a bit like Mares in terms of can create something out of nothing and there you go so it was one of those where obviously fans probably wanted three changes with an hour to go sorry with an hour gone half an hour to go but he obviously thought oh, we're, we're on top of this yeah my article this week is about um what City do when they find out they get a, an opponent in the Champions League the process of, of scouting them how much they know already um and the interesting thing is you know because obviously Guardiola was asked about Haaland. I was going to say, I wonder if they've been watching Dortmund quite a lot this well, season. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but, this, but this is the interesting thing. And it was something I wasn't um, completely sure of, but I've spoken to a couple of people about how it works. And so Guardiola was asked about Haaland. And he was like, I don't know, because I've not seen too much. And on the one hand, you think, well, he might be talking rubbish because obviously he just doesn't want people to know 
that City want to sign him and he's been watching every move kind of thing. But on the other hand, that's not necessarily the case or doesn't necessarily have to be the case because it's the situation where City have got scouts where they'll obviously be watching Haaland and Lachiki will have been watching Haaland a lot and they'll know all about it. And like their relationship is so close that if Guardiola persuades Cheeky of something or Cheeky persuades Guardiola of something, they'll just go with it. Um, so like they'll they'll be sitting around having lunch and they can talk about Haaland and you know they can decide a budget you know just informally because they're all so close obviously with Ferran Soriano as well Omar Brada as well you know that that's how they so like Guardiola with Haaland it's obvious everyone knows how good he is like they'll have had reports that say yes he will fit into your team they'll have had like the reports on what he's like as a character which interestingly is quite spiky like obviously It'll be interesting to see how that pans out if he starts throwing his shirt around at players like he did at the weekend, because <laughs> he and like swearing at goalkeepers because he's just a mad robot, and he like they need to get him signed as far as I'm concerned. But like, so when Guardiola says he's not seen too much of him, you think how much does he need to see when they sign when they're trying to sign a player? And then you think, well, how much of Dortmund will City have been watching? But there's a key distinction in the scouting department will have watched Haaland, and you know they'll be obviously watching Dortmund games because automatically if a teenager makes his debut in one of the top five European leagues then then City like other clubs I think will automatically scout that kid just to see if he's any good and worth signing or possible to sign so so the scouts will obviously know a lot about Dortmund they'll be trying to stay up to date with Haaland's situation as well um, Dortmund's situation in terms of you know do they need to sell players or a league situation or whatever but that doesn't help the match analysis so the opposition analysis is nothing to do with the scouting so cities like european scout or german scout or whatever as far as i know and i spoke to somebody who worked in you know one of the key departments they were saying there's no crossover um the match analysis department like they wouldn't do anything beforehand obviously before a draw you don't watch you don't scattergun watch all the teams you could watch because it's a waste of, you could play against, a, yeah, it's a waste of resources. Time. Yeah. so but he was like within three to four days they could do a full analysis of the six or seven matches and you know that's broken down into the individual abilities of certain players so obviously like Haaland and, and Sancho and Hazard and Reina and whoever um tactical and that obviously within tactics there's so many different subsections there's set pieces and City have got Four City was saying they've got four analysts. Obviously, Carlos Planchart, who's the main guy that's been with Pep forever, um, and and three others, and the set piece coach who does a bit as well. Um, and yeah, in three or four days, they can do the complete analysis. And the international break obviously gives them loads of time because over the last four months, so after the Everton game, Guardiola was talking. Well, he was asked. I was going to ask him actually. That's why I ended up asking about subs because somebody nicked my question. I was like, Christ, what am I going to ask now? Um, but somebody said, how are you going to spend the international break? And do you have time to switch off or whatever? And he answered one part of it and didn't answer the other. So he was, he was like, how are you actually going to spend it? And he spoke for 30 seconds about how City played 39 games in the last four months, a game every three days, how they won 34, drawn, like lost two and drawn three. And he talked about how even the Porto game when they drew didn't matter because they were already through. And he was like, and he was going on for 30 seconds. He was like, did he answer the question? Is he avoiding the question? Did he misunderstand it? But it was all context to basically, lads, I'm absolutely knackered. And for the next week, I ain't watching any football. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, but towards the end of the week and the start of next week, we'll watch Leicester and especially Dortmund. Yeah. And in the last three weeks, sorry, the last four months with the game over three days, City have, City's analysts have been obviously compelling for argument's sake the Gladbach dossier and the West Ham one kind of at the same time. And obviously they, the, the team focuses on West Ham. And then by the time Gladbach comes around afterwards, they go, right. And then as it gets towards kickoff in that game, you know, it gets really ramped up. This is the focus. This is what we need to do. Um, so yeah, just the idea that they've got two weeks to focus on Dortmund, even though Guardiola says he won't pay too much attention to it, which I believe, like... I know what people are going to think, and I've not written this, but I know what people are going to think because we're two weeks to focus on absolutely every element, more time than they normally get. You think people are going to be scared that he's overthinking this? Yeah, exactly. People are going to think he's going to spend two weeks thinking about playing Gabriel Jesus at left-back or whatever. And, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but it, it's definitely a fascinating element to that Dortmund game. And also, he mentioned in the press conference, um, Leeds. He was like, we've got Leeds in between 
start in, in between the Dortmund games, he was like, he, he laughed. He went, These, they're the absolute worst team you could play in between two Champions League quarterfinals. And obviously, he means in terms of the work rate and the effort and the legs. Yeah, like it's like you can't you can't re- like you can't just bank on a team sitting back. You know, like he did against Sheffield United and against West Ham. To well, to to West Ham, he kind of took the risk, didn't he? That he'd, he'd rest all those players, but it'll be fine. Like against Leeds, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. So <laughs> there's so many different elements of that Dortmund game, which we'll talk about as it comes around. But yeah, that's that, that's my come. article, and that's that's something to something to read that's different to the Everton game, which in the end was a fairly straightforward City win. Well, uh, because of uh, the nature of the fact that we've got you know the international break coming up, Sam, I thought we'd do something a bit different for uh, this week's show. Um, City's first goal at Everton was one of those that was aesthetically really funny. Uh, I think it's De Bruyne's trip, Laporte slipping over as he shot, and then the great save onto the bar, uh, followed up by the diving heady, you know, the, kind of like the domino effect of everyone falling over in time. Um, so I just yeah. thought we'd yeah. look at, uh, at kind of like the perfect comedy goal for City. Well, I mean, obviously the comedy own goals. Everyone, everyone knows them. Everyone's seen them. Obviously, City have got the famous Jamie Pollock one. But like a comedy goal is, is kind of hard to find. And I, instinctively, I kind of after they happen, I kind of get turned off them straight away because you just know they're going to appear on those like rubbish, funniest football moments of all time. <laughs> like, I I don't I don't know what kind of letter list celebrities. I don't want to say Z list, but yeah. I don't know, double Z or Y? <laughs> Get in there. It, it's, it's that kind of ballpark anyway. And them just just talking about this goal as if it's the first time they've ever seen it. But I mean, don't get me wrong. If I ever got offered one of those gigs, I wouldn't turn it down because <laughs> they'd probably get paid very well. I was going to say. It, it hits him in the face and goes <laughs> in. Oh, shut up. I hate those programs. But um, the comedy goal, is it is hard to, to come by because obviously there's a – a, scram- a scramble is kind of different, isn't it? And th- I think the difficulty we're going to have here is neither of us, particularly me, uh, Adam Hurry. Like, yeah, yeah, the, I, yeah, of, yeah, I know what you mean. Cliches fame. We're never going to like the the beauty of Adam Hurry is he absolutely nails it. Like it's so succinct. Like everyone knows what he's talking about. It is like the universal language of football. He's like fair enough, self-appointed gatekeeper of it, but he does such a good job. Nobody like nobody would dare challenge him. Yeah, it's he nails it, and he's funny when he does it. And with that in mind, we are going to horribly fail to live up to his standards. But the comedy goal is very hard to come by. Does there have to be an element of misfortune in there? Because you, like you look at the goal against Everton, for yeah. instance. Um, the misfortune for Everton there is that it's 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 bounced straight to Gundogan, who you know after the goalkeeper's made a, a brilliant save. Yeah, like that one wasn't. I don't think it was necessarily funny. It just looked a bit tidy and messy and silly. I think the diving header, the diving header, obviously isn't like a funny thing. But I just that that kind of ending to it, it was very kind of. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit more like a Woody Allen comedy kind of thing. Obviously, yeah. if you ignore all the the shady elements of it, <laughs> just the best just the best example I could think of. Something that's not obvious slapstick. It was. It was. There was just something amusing to it, but. It wouldn't necessarily be mainstream. Yeah. Um, like, I'm. T- in fact, a good example, and it's not even a goal, but just to show that how these things kind of come about and the, the chaotic elements to it is the John Stones clearance against Liverpool, because obviously, like that, you know, you could you could argue that it, it helped win City the league in 2018-19, but like, such a mess, such a mess beforehand. Even Mane going through. Hitting the and then Stones having followed the ball towards the goal, <laughs> turning around like shit. I've got to get this clear. Edison obviously with just pure Edison mode, going the other way back towards the goal. Shit, I've got to get this in my hands or whatever. Both do what they do at full speed at the same time. Stones obviously boots it off Edison, <laughs> and then he has to, then he has to go and save the situation. And obviously he does in like heroic circumstances. But I mean, can you imagine he hadn't cleared that like? Not only Liverpool potentially winning the league off the back of that, but that being held up as but how then, they did it. Like, but but then you, you've also got like genuinely awful replay after replay with Nick Hancock going off his face, yeah. off his yeah, face. Exactly. Yeah. Well, oh, you can you can imagine if I was to put my agenda hat on for a minute, you can imagine the fun Sky One would have with that and a pre-tournament football funniest moments. Oh, <laughs> it would be awful. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to think of 
the funny goal. Um, I know last night we were sending messages, and I, I knew there was one at Old Trafford yeah, in 2017-18, but... that December derby against Mourinho. Um, I, I thought it was Silvers, but it was Otamendi's, wasn't it? Yeah, I went back and watched it. Um, I like Silvers. There, there is an element of funny to it. It just can't because he's because he he kicks it at the height at which his head is. So that is like okay. that's that, that's a little bit funny because he looks a little bit bandy legged. But the the Otamendi one is pure gold because that's that's Lukaku having everything under control and then suddenly yeah, yeah. not having everything under control. Like I can't remember who he clears it into, but it's his own man. And then Otamendi's just there. Thank you very much. Pops it in. And again, Otamendi. Like, it, it, there's there's an element there of... I know Otamendi got some goals for City, but not a lot. And and the fact it's in a derby as well, it you know, normally there's such huge, huge goals or great goals, you know, everyone's seen... Whether it's United or City, everyone's seen the iconic slow-mo replays of, you know, Company's header or yeah. Rooney's overhead kick or whatever. Like, they're, they're the goals that get shown on the montages. Like, you'll never see that goal again unless you go looking for it. <laughs> Well, the, the other because one that I, just ridiculous. the other one at Old Trafford that I thought of was the third in uh, the League Cup demolition uh, last yeah. season. That really annoyed me. That one. Why? Because it was going to be it was going to be such a beautiful goal. Like a City can't like City. We've talked about City's counter attacking, um, but when they are in full flight, it does look great. And De Bruyne, like absolutely, who oh, was it? Oh, it was Phil Jones, wasn't it? He absolutely turned Phil Jones inside out. Bearing in mind it was still the first half and City ripped United to shreds. It was 2-0. So they're on the counter. He, he turns Jones inside out, puts him on his backside. He's kind of one-on-one with De Gea. And it's like, oh, if you score this, it's going to be great. And it hits off De Gea, but then it just bounces off Andreas Pereira and goes <laughs> in. Like, it's such an anti-climax of a goal. Like, that goes down as an own goal. It should have been like a great... City counter attack. Ah, yeah. uh, no, I see. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm on the other side of the fence as a fan and watching that, and because because you you have the moment where De Bruyne shoots and obviously De Gea saves it, and you go, oh, that would have been such. A, oh, it's in, fantastic. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's why it makes it kind of a a comedy as gold. But that's why it annoyed me because it wasn't as kind of clean as it should have been. That's the thing. Like, I'm I'm trying to work out what is the best comedy goal because it does have to be. I say it does have to be slapstick, I guess, doesn't it? Well, like, because uh, when when you say slapstick, um, I the one I that I immediately it's got to be a ball in the face. Well, but I, yeah, but you say that I thought of Aguero at Burnley in uh, Guardiola's first season. Um, his yeah. first one was a bit was it bounced around and he popped it in, but the second one, um, like Torre gets fouled in the box and the referee doesn't give it. It then bounces through to Fernandinho, then like who, a think, scrum. yeah, who slips, and then like two Burnley defenders take each other out trying to clear it. Um, and then it breaks to Fernandinho, who gets it to the byline and overruns it, so has to slide tackle it across, where it just hits Aguero and bounces in. Like that, that there's, I, I remember the press conference afterwards where Guardiola was asked about it, and his, his words were just uh, beautiful goals. Two beautiful yeah. goals. Yeah, the old sarcastic Guardiola. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. This was obviously around the period as well. They were just, I can't actually remember what time of year this game took place. I remember the home game. It was like January, and when it was when Guardiola was in that famous bad mood afterwards. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm, I'm so happy you wouldn't believe kind of stuff." Uh, that, um, that was I, that was New Year's Day because he was because he yeah. went, "I'm so happy, Happy New Year." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Fernandinho got sent off, and it was like the second time in three games that he'd played or something. Yeah, the, there was Chelsea just before that, and yeah, it was just a weird time. And I remember, yeah, Aguero scoring those goals from there, and even Torre playing. Like in terms of like comedy goals, not even. I talked about this a lot, but not even the, the goals themselves, but just the fact that when Yaya Torre came back against Crystal Palace out of nowhere and scored twice, there was just a mad day. Like, who like who knew that was going to happen? And then not only does he play, he scored twice. Well, yeah, but I remember Jonathan Smith tweeting uh, on that one because at that one, uh, I think uh, Rooney had scored uh, or, or was still yet to score or had only scored once that season okay. for United. And Jonathan Smith, just in full-on Burt mode, tweeted, um, uh, uh, Yaya Torre overtakes Wayne Rooney's uh, goal-scoring records this season uh, in the space of 20 minutes or something. So just something along those lines. A classic Smith tweet. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Sam, you mentioned uh, the, the the other thing about all of this. Uh, do own goals count as as, as funny? Like because because intrinsically, obviously, oh, yeah. own, own goals are in a position where you know the person there, there's an element of slapstick because the person that's done it hasn't intended to you know whack it into his own net. Um, but there's like some of them are just oh they've they've taken a nick or they've flicked in like Jamie Pollock's for instance is a is a classic you know funny own goal. But that's for QPR fans, not for City fans, I think. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, they're they're undoubtedly funny, aren't they? Like, because an own goal is ignominious anyway. Like, it you can you can laugh at anyone who just if you wanted to. Like, if it was a rival or something, and they just slid in and put the ball into their own net unwittingly, like that's that's something to to celebrate. Um, like if you yeah if you add on some kind of element of like say the bell one where it gets kicked into his face or the famous Ian Dowie one where he kicks it into his own face, like those ones that they're, they're just like classic all time football moments. I mean I, I I do struggle a bit because I do maintain that fundamentally football isn't funny, and that's why Adam Hurry's so good because like he just managed to find it's the quirks around football, isn't it? It's like it's the language of it. Yeah. Because and it's like what fans say, what media say, and and that kind of stuff like. Because football itself is just generally not funny because any kind of ounce of comedy just gets absolutely rinsed out of it, like I said back at the start. But um, there are there are some some moments you can't help but, well, but chuckle. And that's what I like the City goal against Everton because and also it was like it was it wasn't like a tense game, was it? It wasn't like because City's defence is so good these days, it wasn't like Everton are gonna go down the other end and score in a minute out of nothing because it would have been like 40 minutes since Everton had kind of gone close it might have been even longer it might have to go back to the Premier League game when they'd last had a chance and that was probably in the first half um, so it, it wasn't tense it was just kind of like okay well the comedy would have been City's five penalty takers really and it was just kind of getting <laughs> up to that moment and then but even as you say the the save like it was it was a good save but it was in such an odd position it looked kind of ungainly as well and it, uh, the, I think the good element to it was it's one of those where if you're watching it, particularly in the stadium where you're a bit more emotional or in a pub or whatever, and it's like, oh, 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 that, it's that kind of the uh, the up and down element. Like If anyone watched kind of even the last 10 minutes of Spurs going out of the Europa League the other night, like when they had a bit of a goal mass scramble to get it, and I'm sure most people, certainly City fans and people who aren't particularly fond of Mourinho were like hoping they didn't score like any any kind of element of that where you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down that that is great and that that's kind of that's one of that's one of the best things about football um but like I suppose I kind of contradicted myself really because that De Bruyne, that would have been De Bruyne, that would be De Bruyne goal at United um would have just been so clean and it, it's kind of because you know everything De Bruyne does is so clean like it it's like a disappointment when it gets kind of dirtied a bit by him. <laughs> by by somebody, else. yeah, some incompetence somewhere down talent. the line. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure this isn't, this definitely isn't the case, but I feel like De Bruyne would rather that goal have not gone in than Andreas Pereira end up putting it in for an own goal. Yeah. Because we're still talking about it now. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, just on the own goals thing, uh, the Jamie Pollock one, I think, gets a little bit better with context uh, because uh, I spoke to Jamie Pollock earlier this season for Blue Moon Podcast uh, and obviously had to ask him about that that uh, that goal. Um, and when you find out what he was doing the night before, uh, it just makes it all the funnier, I think. So let's have a listen to, uh, to a bit of Jamie Pollock. For some reason, on the night before, on the Friday, I was actually watching a video of own goals and gaffes, which I've never done before. And my wife said, I can't believe you're watching that before the game. And then I actually did it. I think it was just one of the things. When I've, when I've sort of hooked the ball over and then I've looked, obviously Martin was on his line, and then I've sort of, I'm in midair and he's come off his line. And as he's done that, obviously I've judged the header, but it's, it's obviously gone past him and gone in. And it was the only own goal I'd scored in my career, to be honest. And it was it was devastating. And, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, something I've got to, got to live with, but the kids find it, you know, highly amusing when I'm coaching them. I mean, the QPR fans, because obviously QPR fans stand, you know, they sort of, you know, they stayed up through that own goal, really, in, in you know, being honest about it. And um, it was strange because the following Christmas, I got an absolute boatload of Christmas cards off QPR fans. 
And, you know, when we played them and they were singing, you know, there's only one Jamie Pollock. So I was a favourite amongst the QPR fans, which, you know, obviously you've got to take tongue-in-cheek because that's the football and that's banter. But I found out a number of years actually after that that the QPR fans had a vote to see who was the player of the year. And they reckon that the QPR players were so poor during the season. I actually won the player of the year for QPR. And I'm the only player to ever win a player of the year for the club I never played for. <laughs> So Jamie Pollock uh, giving the excuses for his own goal and, and the context to it, Sam. It's uh, it it, make, it makes it better, doesn't it? Um, that's the real life embodiment of the Alan Partridge quote: "You've got to laugh when you fall off a sofa." <laughs> like, like, what? What else can you do? Like that? That's easily one that you could be haunted by a bit. Like another team staying up, you're getting Christmas cards from them. It's it's a bit like. Uh, the England players and managers, uh, well, it's, it's the players actually who missed all the penalties in the 90s going on that Pizza Hut advert. Like, you can only really take the piss out of yourself and just adopt it and own it yeah, and and just live it that way because, oh God, I don't know how those lads who miss penalties for England can move on with their lives. Like, I'd, I'd be a wreck, but I suppose that's part of being a, a professional footballer. Yeah. But, but, also, but also, like, it's just, like, so unforgiving, isn't it? Like, everything... Especially now, like everything's just like, absolutely like God. I, obviously, everyone misses fans in the stadium, but what I don't miss is going to away away ironic cheers and ironic like if I don't know Sterling or Aguero, anyone just does something that's not perfect, lads, <laughs> you're losing three nil. Like go home. Um, yeah, like I, I hate that shit. Um, but I mean, there is. I think it's probably about time I explained what our next goal is. Well, I was going to ask you because about this. Because like, I am you... certainly no Adam Hurry. There is no... Like, when Adam Hurry talks about the language of football, everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And obviously people get it wrong and he tweets out very funny examples. But like, by and large, everyone knows what these kind of football cliches mean. But I've just kind of... I tweet it kind of at random inter- intervals, kind of decided by myself what a goal is and what our next goal is and it's got various different meanings but um, like, like like in my understanding of this my, my understanding of it, as, as best as i can kind of explain it for for what i how i perceive it when you've when you've done it is simply oh the ball's gone in the net that's this game won next yes i, I yeah i've i've got, i've tried to come away from that usage of it be, just because you know professional journalist at a good publication um <laughs> writing off lesser teams um so i've tried to come away from that but that's part that was definitely part of it like it's it's a game being won and wrapped up but there's always an element to it of like it has to be like a particularly good goal like and i don't mean a screamer it has to be like a good goal kind of scored out of out of nowhere. I, I think the so, best next goals are you've got no idea there's a goal developing. Like it can it can be a count it can be a counterattack, and this is why I've no Adam Hurry, because there is no one meaning for this and it literally just exists inside my own head. And I don't explain any I don't I don't begrudge anyone for not getting it. Um it can be a counterattack because if it's very slick and you kill a team off and it's a couple of passes and it's in the back of the net. That is very slick. It's like a good goal scored quickly is what I would like to describe it as. But if it, if it happens out of the blue, even better. And I don't think screamers count. Well, I was going to say, in that, like, that sounds to me like there are some goals that are too good to be next goals. A little bit. like Company against Leicester can't be a next. Well, I was going to say, no, it's not. Even though, like, I could see why people would think I would say that. There's that. There's, you know, the Sterling goal against Southampton in the last minute yeah. in November 2017. But that's, 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 too, that's too late in the game, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's that element to it as well. And obviously, that one, obviously, companies was hit straight in and it was in within about, well, it just felt like it went in instantly because it hit it straight and hard. Obviously, the Sterling one was curling. You've got that element of, oh. So... I'm not having that. Um, uh, it it just the the best city examples would be all of you know they they're playing they're knocking the ball around in midfield and then all of a sudden De Bruyne has got it right side of the box he puts it to the back post and like Aguero or Sterling runs in taps it in at the back post from like a yard out and that's it it's happened it's done like you, you didn't know a goal was coming a goal's been scored next like 
that's that's it. There's so there's that, or obviously the the one on the other side where, particularly when Silver was there and they'd work those triangles, get to the byline, cut it back, and all of a sudden it, they just cut them into ribbons. And like, I know I'm not explaining this particularly well, and that is the issue with it because there's so <laughs> many kind of different explanations. There was there was a good one earlier in the season, uh, you know, when Spurs drew with West Ham, and it was three all. Um, but before that, before all the, the West Ham madness came back, uh, before the, all the West Ham madness happened, uh, Kane scored. I think he just got the ball on the edge of the box. I th- he might have popped it through someone like Declan Rice's legs, and then he just hit it low, and it went through the defender's legs and into the back of the net, and it was just like, I think that might have been for like 2-0 as well or 3-0, and that was a proper next goal. That Because you think, okay, the game's over here, and it was just done out of the blue. Um a really good example was Mbappe's against Barcelona when he got his hat-trick. Because I think somebody had already tweeted me when he got his second, saying, was that a next? I was like, yeah, kind of. But I was like, the proper next would be if Mbappe gets his hat-trick, it puts the game to bed, and it's like a great like emphatic finish. That's like the Holy Trinity, really. Yeah. And then he actually did it, didn't he? But I think there was an element of him actually running in on goal and you think he's going to score here. But I think the finish was so emphatic. And obviously, it just that was it. Three away goals, Mbappe hat-trick, Barca done, you know, PSG through. That that certainly counts. Um, but yeah, I try, I'm, try, I'm trying to move away from... It's kind, it is kind remember, of a job stunt well, thing. It is kind of a job yeah, stunt no, thing. It definitely is. It definitely is. Because um, just, just posting GIFs of Next is also funny. Um, it is definitely it is definitely a kind of a job done thing um but i I remember do you remember again in 2018-19 the defeat at newcastle when city scored after like 20 seconds and i think it was evans uh, man city brazil he tweeted me saying next and i was like i'm not saying it now because like 20 seconds is way too early there's a sweet spot there's a sweet spot in time, isn't there? Because obviously, there's like if you you can't you can't take the lead with one nil and it be a next goal in the in the first ten minutes because there's so much to happen yet in the game. Yeah, and like, yeah, like we said, yeah. Sterling's was too late. It's it, like it's obviously next because it's the last kick of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It, it does. It needs to be wrapped up, kind of, and it's, it especially helps if if the game's been in the balance for a bit, even if it's an hour or even if it's twenty minutes. If City then go and get two in like five minutes or so, then that that definitely helps. Because as much, you know, we talked about why City don't come back from when they're like two goals down or, you know, even maybe one goal down sometimes. Now, the flip side of that is if they're 2-0 up... They don't you lose. Can forget it. Yeah. You can forget it, really. That is it. And normally, you know, it's against teams like... You know, the Southampton game recently, where, you know, when they, they hung on for a bit and they, they obviously equalised with a penalty, but then... I think it was like, was it Maris? I can't remember who scored. I think it was Gundogan who scored to make it 3-1 just before half-time. That is a kind of, yeah, you can forget it now. That's not a classic next because I feel like it being so close to half-time, I don't know, feels like it, it's not a classic version. But again, well, I, I wonder to having no set, having no set parameters. I, I wonder if that's because it's because that goal, like being so close to half-time, it was it, because the two goals that City scored were actually close to half-time. It was like 40 and 43, wasn't it? They were really kind of late in the half. So I'm wondering if it's because like uh, that collapse has happened. to Southampton have played well in that first half and then the collapse happened in the final few minutes and then it's kind of like, oh, well, they've still got half-time to regroup and get back yeah to yeah possibly yeah exactly whereas yeah half an hour in and a team's and a team's done well for 20 minutes but now you know city have got their goals now and that's it then yeah that's that's definitely it but it is the best definition or the one that i like the most is the one where like it always helps if it's like a ridiculously good player as well so like harland aguero Kane, like I mentioned, there's always a really good Van Nistelrooy one. I remember when I first started saying this, like, like in, in the WhatsApp group with mates, it was it was a Van Nistelrooy goal from I don't know, like it would have been like 15 years ago or something against Southampton, I think. I might try and find it, but I'm generally don't make a habit of posting Man United goals on my Twitter account. Um, but it was like a long ball forward from left back, kind of like a counter attack situation because it wasn't like there was a million men around the box. Van Nistelrooy is on kind of the right side of the penalty box. He just controls it with an instep. It bounces down, it hit, bounces up, and he just hits it and it goes into the back post. And it's just that. It's within a split second, it's turned a long ball, kind of speculative chance into a goal. And that is just a proper, 
next. Like Haaland does it all the time when he just bangs one in from the edge of the box or, you know, they've got a counter-attack and he just he just goes in and, and taps it in. And Obviously, Aguero, like I mentioned with those, he, he the, the beauty of, obviously, Aguero and Sterling, but they would finish those uh, De Bruyne crosses or those, those trademark City goals from the left-hand side. Lewandowski is an absolute next merchant as well. Like, just... Just goals from nothing. That's that's the best one, I think. A great goal, like really scored out of the blue and unexpectedly. They're they're the best ones. Yeah. And yeah, I suppose if you if you combine it to make it like two nil or three nil to your team in a big game as well, then yeah, there's there's your sweet spot. I think Mbappe probably got closest to that sweet spot with his hat trick goal against Barca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I asked uh, on Twitter for uh, examples of comedy goals that City have scored uh, down the years because of, uh, obviously, the opener at, uh, at Everton. Uh, Clemhouse says, uh, Vincent Company's own goal against Fulham has to be the most City goal to have ever been scored, especially from the Colossus himself. Uh, that, honestly, Sam, I, I, uh, I think what makes that one is uh, the fact that there's no danger. Company sliced it over heart to drop in at the back post. The fact that it goes yeah. in off the bar and, and the post... But it's Jesus Navas trying an overhead kick on the line to try and get it clear. <laughs> just like, yeah, just absolutely kind of encompasses everything. I think that's that's. And it was a really awkward overhead kick, wasn't it? It was yeah. like trying, it was like trying to climb the post at the same time. Yeah, and then in, I think, in my mind's eye, I think the fact that he then gets caught in the net is what yeah. is like just yeah. like, adds to the adds to the funny around that. That's the best one so far. Yeah, uh, sad sports fan and Lil Sebastian both uh, just sent me the gif of Balotelli shouldering the ball into the goal. I don't think that counts as comedy. Because that's showboating. Uh, you can't have a comedy goal that's showboating, can you? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe it is. It, it could be a kind of, you know, Stuart Lee comedy in terms of it's just it's just delivered so dryly and succinctly. It, it's funny, but you couldn't, you know, my wife wouldn't sit and watch it. You know, <laughs> that, it's that dry. It's that dry. Um, but no, I don't know. I, yeah, because I don't think that Balotelli's obviously like he, he he liked to laugh, didn't he? He was a crazy bloke, but I don't think that you know the comedy Balotelli goal would have been if that back heel against yeah. LA Galaxy or whoever it was that would have been a comedy Balotelli goal. The other side of Balotelli is that kind of yeah, what are you gonna do about it? Don't mess with me, kind of thing. And that was that was the goal off the shoulder, I think. Yeah, that, I, that's that's yeah. I don't know if that's comedy, but again, this comedy. is these are my stupid definitions. So who cares? <laughs> Uh, Tom Gregan suggested uh, Les got at Bolton in 2011. I think he tried to duck out of the way of a cross, but it hit his head and looped in. Uh, Lisa adds, uh, Jolyon was the king of comedy goals. He scored with his arse by falling over, and then another time it just bounced off his head and went in without him having a clue about it. Uh, both of them, yeah, I'm, I'm having them uh, great comedy goals. Daryl sent in uh, Steve Redmond versus West Ham, uh, which I hadn't seen, and then I went to, to watch it. It was a penalty, um, but he slips as he takes it and ends up just chipping it down the middle. <laughs> Oh, is that allowed? I, he well, hit it twice. No, he hit it once. Uh, it was he didn't it didn't hit his standing foot or anything like that. He just like it's like a like a swing and a miss, but like a swing and a get underneath it and just chipped it down the middle of the goal. Uh, yeah, like, like I say, any element of because it's almost more embarrassing then, isn't it? Goals like that because it's a bit like what I was saying about the De Bruyne one. I'm sure there's some goals where people wish that they had missed rather than it go down in history. As like a stupid goal, yeah. Like Batshuayi, Batshuayi didn't even score, did he, in that Belgium game? But when he booted the ball against the post or the bar and it hit him in the face, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I bet he was. I can't even remember who scored that goal. I've got a feeling there was a, well, all the Belgian players play in the Premier League, but I've got a feeling there was like Yanis or something ridiculous like that. But I'd, yeah. yeah, I just, I just, I bet he wishes even Belgium hadn't scored. Belgium hadn't scored that goal just so he didn't look stupid. Yeah. There's definitely that element to it, like the reason why we're all watching these things now but uh, like in in the sense of those like own goals and gaffes like everyone everyone watched them when they were a kid and they were great but like the modern versions are just so shit like it's just not it's not the same like i don't know i don't know what it is maybe it's kind of the gentrification of football you know I think Whereas it's because you've seen them. Was... I think it's because you've seen them online all the time where like those videos and stuff you used to you only saw them in those compilations or when they were on television. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's nostalgia as well. It's you know the videos you watched a hundred times as a kid and it it's it's always it's always people who have been like semi-cancelled as well. Who did you, Nick Hancock and Danny Baker and people like <laughs> but like obviously now it's just Russell Howard and that that yeah. comedian from Manchester What's he called? He was in Phoenix Night as one of the minor characters. You know what I mean? Um, it's just people like that, like Alex, Alex Zane, maybe? 
I don't know if he does if he's got much of a football stick, but there's, there's Sean Locke did a good one for the World Cup uh, back in 2006. Oh really? Yeah, but it, but that wasn't that wasn't about comedy goals. That was just like reliving some great World Cup goals, and he was being funny over oh, it. So that's man. different. Oh okay, that's that's all right. But yeah, those things it's always oh here's Graham Paul showing him three yellow cards. Ah, but obviously they have to do the. They have to do the big build-up of who this guy is, and this is this is the World Cup. Like these are for people who don't watch football. That's the issue, isn't it? Like yeah. the Danny Baker ones. These are like right. You're a football fan. These are people doing. These are footballers doing stupid things. We are going to take the piss out of them. Like that's how it is. But yeah, the yeah I don't know. Yeah, um, it was, yeah. But it was that was football in the nineties compared to football in the well whatever we're in now. Yeah, well, let's go back. Let's go back a bit further uh, because uh, Dan Leach suggested Gary Crosby uh, for Forrest. That was when he headed it out of Andy Dibble's hand and then popped it in, and the referee yeah. gave it. Well, I always, re- I was actually going to mention that one. I always remember that as one of the, one of the great examples on the old Danny Baker videos. Like, I just, I just remember that because I always think he, would he dub over it like Dibble, wondering if he'd left the oven on or something because he just, and if you do look at it in that kind of context it doesn't like he just switched off for a second like he just had the ball in his hand and he was thinking like did i leave the car unlocked or whatever and then <laughs> by the time he's, he's come back around the ball's been headed out of his hand and gone in yeah uh, obviously you got, you got the classic hanging back behind the goal you don't see that much anymore hanging back behind the goalkeeper till he thinks everyone's in front of him and then he rolls it out and then he runs around the, the yeah. Shea, Shea, Shea given, given that was wasn't it yeah yeah Shea given yeah, there's, a, there's been there's been a, there's been a couple of them um yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. I, I think it, it's because people try and make football too funny and they go way over the top of it and that puts me off. Niles Disco Pants uh, suggested Sunji High's own goal against Middlesbrough. It was their only attempt on it, on goal in a 1-0 win for them. Um, I <laughs> just kind of bounced into him on his running pattern, so I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical on that one. Um, John Ashley suggested uh, if, if goals against are permitted, Klaus Jensen for Charlton at Main Road in late 2000. Uh, this, I, like Sam, this is genuinely one of my favourite goals I've ever seen live. Um because City are 3-0 down, uh, the ball is bouncing loose on the halfway line, uh, and Richard Dunn is running onto it and just thinks, I am going to get rid of this. And well is it as hard as he can, except oh, Klaus yeah. Jensen's closed him down, and it hits Jensen, or it must be about 55 yards out, and yeah, it just loops over Nicky Weaver. Ridiculous goal. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's your own tweet, isn't it? Hang on, from March the 13th, it was the other day. Uh, yeah, because somebody mentioned that game in commentary. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's just you said Ian Dark talked about it, and I kind of, I, I kind of wanted to talk about City fans and and BT Sport, but um, I don't know. BT Sport might pay me money at some point in the future. So it's probably <laughs> um, the, the thing, yeah. the, the the thing that made that goal just getting back to that. Um, yeah, please do. Was uh, was the fact that we had a the fellow that sat behind me uh, is a fellow called Chris. I don't know. I've not spoken to him in years. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he still goes to games or where he is or whatever. But he was sat behind me and just in the most deadpan voice, as it was on, as that ball was on its upward trajectory, just went, "It's in." <laughs> and then, like it was like one, two, three, drop over the line. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I say it's in four times a game, and it never happens. Yeah. Oh, and the opposite, I will say, don't hit this. The, the classic company <laughs> thing. But like, I remember it happened with Clichy. I think I was against Burnley at home. I remember it happened with Danilo at Burnley away. That might have been, I don't know. What's oh, that, that was Centurions, but, yeah. Yeah, Danilo at Burnley away. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, and obviously he, he fired it in. So yeah, I try not to, try not to predict goals or, or predict goals that won't happen because generally they're wrong i've got but, one of them i've got i've got i've got one classic one of them is when uh, javier garrido was the only player stood over a free kick against liverpool and i quite loudly in <laughs> in uh, the north stand said uh, my worry is that he'll hit this from here and then he hit it and went straight in the top corner <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's, there's very little comes from comes from that because also as well if you do put if you do predict it that often which i do then it, you don't get any credit when it when it comes off. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think actually, uh, in terms of next goals and City, and also just making noises in the press box. There was the Leicester game in the Centurion season away, so it was December, end of November, December time. It was when Stones got injured. Yeah, um, it must have been. And there was two very good kind of next goals, and one is kind of an exception to the rule. So the first one was 
I think it was it was either Jesus or Sterling. But City were knocking it around well. Silver got it in like more of a central position than normal. And he just played kind of a through ball for let's say it was Sterling running in through like the inside channel. He got it, knocked it across to Jesus, took Schmeichel out of the game, and Jesus just tapped it in. That was a proper City have gone from naught to hundred in two seconds and and they've scored in a, like a difficult game. It wasn't like next is in, right, this is this game's done, but it was next is in. Well, you didn't expect that to happen, did you, lads? And then the second half, completely different. De Bruyne shifted it onto his left foot from outside the box and just leathered it in the top corner. And I remember kind of involuntarily making like a oh, noise, like putting my hands <laughs> in the air. Like, that is outrageous. And I, again, I just think the fact that, that that came out of the blue, because the thing with company was, you could see it was going to happen. And the thing, maybe this is it, and the thing with Sterling was, you could see it was going to happen. Because Sterling got the ball before and he cut inside and he went to shoot, but he didn't have the angle, so I think he passed it off. And then he got it back, and then you knew he was going to shoot. And obviously, company, he... He faked a shot first, didn't he? he kind yeah, of... but I'm, to, I'm, to, I'm also trying to remember, I think it was about five minutes before, he didn't he didn't shoot, but I think he tried like a raking crossfield pass, and he just went out for a goal kick. And on a night when, you know, it just wasn't happening for City, and obviously it really did need to happen. When he then faked that shot from what would have been about 40 yards, you just think, don't you dare, you moron. What are you doing? <laughs> and then obviously he got closer and closer and he did do it. You think, okay, well, he is going to shoot. He has shot. Oh, it's gone in. But with the De Bruyne one, he just went right, shift, left foot, bang, top corner. And it was one of those that kind of really rattled the net. You could hear it in the commentary, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that was a good example of two next goals um, in the same game. Uh, but that just goes to show how kind of ridiculous a... Uh, what the, para- the, the, the parameters are of it, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's that's how I've built my career, basically, on this ridiculous stuff. Just just on a few more from Twitter, Joe Lake uh, suggested uh, the lovely Paul Lake versus Blackpool, enough to make VAR spontaneously combust. Uh, the commentary in this one is, is fantastic because the like it's a goal mouth scramble on about four yards out and it just kind of keeps going and keeps going longer than you expect it to. And then the ball hits the net and the commentator just goes, don't ask me who the scorer is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the goal mouth scramble is a classic, isn't it? Um, there's, I there's all. This is a random thought, but there's certain goals I'm sure. I mean, this is going to make me sound much older than I am because I hadn't even seen this goal to the just till this morning. But obviously, Peter Lorimer, the former Leeds player, died, and they showed one of his goals on the end of match of the day, and he was about thirty yards out, and it was like Gaza's goal against Scotland. But I mean, if so, he tried to flick it over the defender. It might have got a flick off the defender, but it, the ball went about thirty yards in the air, and he was still about ten yards outside the box. And he hit it, and it was like a looping volley, a bit like Sterling's against Everton. But crucially, it came back under the crossbar instead of kept rising. And I rewound it because my wife was just walking in the room. I was like, I've never seen a goal like this. And I was like, Is that just such, such like a speculative kind of showboaty goal now? It's almost like you don't get that in modern football because there's an element to it of look, fo- like footballers shoot from outside the box all the time. Like I got the feeling that Laporte shoots from outside the box all the time and they're always terrible. So it's obviously not like even at City where they're drilled to do the right thing all the time. That can't happen because it still happens. But Sometimes you like can't resist it, yeah. That kind of goal where you try something so outrageous, there's an element of don't take the piss, I think. I think there's an element of you got to everything's got to be classy, you know what I mean? You've got to leave a nice Twitter message for your opposition if they win the league. Or, uh, there's that element to football these days. But also, I just think that nobody... I just think nobody would try that because it's going to be analysed, isn't it? Like, if you do that and you've got De Bruyne running to your right or Mares or whoever it is to your left or whatever it might be, that's going to be... You know, you're going to be, you're going to be told about that in, in training the next day. So I'm sure <laughs> there's certain amounts of goals that just don't even get tried anymore because it's just like... It's just too ridiculous and you know you get to torn to pieces for it that might just be nonsense but i've it just it just struck me um that like anyone in the uk just watch the end of match of the day back and you'll find it yeah. i don't know if it was against for anyone overseas but I'd, it just struck me that that's just not not a usual goal it's a goal it was the goal itself i hadn't seen before which is quite surprising because normally when there's really good goals scored in the 70s and 80s and you're and you grew up watching football in the 90s and 2000s you just know even though they happened 20 years before you were born, you've seen them on these kind of DVDs about great goals or whatever. Um, but with this one, it was so outrageous. I'd never actually seen that specific goal and I'd never seen a goal scored anywhere else like it either. 
and that's that's always good. Yeah, just uh, just to run through a couple more uh, of uh, City's comedy ones. Uh, Chris Pryor, Gota at Forest in the first Kevin Keegan season. Keeper rolled it out to a defender who turned and walked away. Gota anticipated it, got the ball, rounded the keeper and slotted it in. Uh, that's again that falls into the kind of defender error sort of thing. I'm, like it's it's funny at the time, but I'm not like a couple of people suggested Gota against uh, United in the in the final derby at Main Road when he mugged off uh, Ooh, Gary yeah. Neville. And I, I'm not sure like just tackling no, I can a see defender. The temptation. Yeah, but I, I don't think like I don't think the keeper rolled out to the forward by accident or I don't think it has the element of funny that we're after um Asa Hartford yeah. against Wolves in 1975 definitely did uh, because that was uh, simply from a corner that was that was played in. Uh, Mike Doyle making a run to the near post trips the referee up, um, and that is just two people <laughs> falling over before the ball goes in. That's that's very good. Uh, go and find it on uh, on YouTube. Jed well, Brannan, the referee falling over is a classic. Yeah, uh, Jed Brannan against uh, Nottingham Forest away uh, is uh, from uh, Citizen Chris, uh, and this is a goal. I can't believe I'm about to say this, Sam, but this is a goal that I used to recreate using uh, Sabutio because because it was that ridiculous. Um, the goalkeeper came out about, it must be about midway into the half uh, and challenges Brannon. Like, it's, it's like sweeper keeper before sweeper keeper was a thing. Um, challenges him and they both kind of collide, but Brannon gets up first and just kind of falls over backwards and, and kicks the ball into the air. And it takes one bounce. Like it must go, it must go like 20, 25 feet into the air. Uh, it takes one bounce inside the box and then drops over the line and it's just like like just it looks aesthetically terrible but uh, hmm. but it was uh, city's first win of the season in 97 yeah aste- aste- aesthetically terrible goals are the one really aren't they that's that's what we're looking for yeah that's, uh, that's what you want but again and again goals that the score isn't necessarily going to want to remember like the yeah. city one doesn't fall into that because gundogan will obviously be happy with that run into the box Good finish. Like somebody said Sterling or Jesus would have tried to control that. And I mean, I don't know if they would have, but Gundogan definitely did the right thing. He won't be begrudging that goal went in. Yeah. But yeah, that you, yeah, the funniest ones are the ones where people go, you know what, it wasn't worth it. Uh, Divyam from last season suggested uh, Sterling's goal for the hat-trick against Brighton away because he fell over and the ball rolled in the net off his head. And I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very good one. But there was and a nutmeg in there was, as well. Did it make the yeah, keeper? Yeah, did it make the keeper? Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Again, that kind of feels a bit harsh, but kind of some some sterling up to an extent. You can get a hat trick, um, and yeah, one of them's just not what you intended to do with it <laughs> at all. Yeah. And uh, finally, Jamie Dawes Hughes uh, suggested my favourite goal: uh, Darius Vassell against Sunderland in the last minute in two thousand and eight. Uh, and what makes this so good is. Uh, it's the fact that Benjani gets wiped out in front of him um, and falls over in a comedy fashion, like like just like legs in the air, legs akimbo, like completely loses his balance because he doesn't know the challenge is coming in from behind. Uh, it bounces through to Vassell, who goes one on one with the goalkeeper, who try and he tries to welly it as hard as he can, but just kicks it right foot into his left foot and sends the keeper the wrong way. Um, and then his match of the day interview afterwards, he just said, uh, I tried to break the back of the net and I nearly broke my own foot. So uh, that's at least he can laugh at himself for that. Yeah, that, I mean, that description of Benjani falling over is exactly as you would expect. <laughs> like if you'd never seen that before and somebody had told you that was what happened, you could imagine how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, good good work. Well, Sam, it's been lovely talking uh, Daft City goals with you today. Um, I just wanted to do something a bit different with uh, with the seriousness of the remainder of the season to come. I think it's uh, it's been nice talking about something uh, very, very different indeed. Uh, and that brings us to an end for this week's Why Was Us. So uh, thanks as ever to uh, the Athletic Sam Lee. Uh, yeah, thanks very much, guys. <laughs> uh, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for three pounds ninety nine a month for six months with the code Man City Pod. The Athletic. <laughs>